This episode, we channel our inner emo and give some time to death and dying, plus our picks of the week. The Catholic Underground starts now. We all have an inner emo. I do. (laughs) You've hit play on the Catholic Underground, where the podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 457, for those of you who are keeping track. I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge in Louisiana. And joining me, we got Kathleen Lee. I am That's here. Right. She's there she is. That's right. <laughs> Olivia Galino is on assignment yep. uh, this episode. And if we want to, because we're that type of person, aren't we? Yep. Let's go up to space. All right. And as we go up to space, and I don't know, I don't think it's a space elevator. It's just a standard issue, mm-hmm. low Earth orbit satellite. Yep. And that's where we find Jeff Blackwell. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. Who is asking, what the heck is an inner emo? Inner emo? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> an outer emo would be the cassock I'm wearing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, All right. e- I'll play along. E- emo being the, the genre of music that yeah. is hyper emotional. Oh, I'm with you now. Yeah, usually yeah. kind of mopey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I like that kind of music. <laughs> yep. uh, Ed Ball's in the ball pit to run the video for us for this uh, this episode. So if you're listening to us in podcast form, we also do video, as you know, catholicunderground.tv or .com or wherever fine podcasts are videoed. Yeah. Oh, oh, I like, it. I like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, it is indeed uh, All Hallows' Eve as we are coming on the air. Mm -hmm. And we opted not to wear costumes because I wear a costume every day. I just didn't have time to pick one out. That's true. Yeah. I figure one year we'll do a costume-based show. And since we talked rosaries last week, I I wore my uh, uh, shirt, which says, uh, Never underestimate a guy who prays the rosary. It's very true. He finds honor through Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Yeah, the rosary is nothing to be messed around with if true you that. don't want things to happen, you know? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, and as we as we move our way through uh, October into November, yep. we remember most especially All Saints on the 1st of November. And it's interesting, All Saints Day was uh, one of the, the um, feasts of the church that comes to us really early on, but uh, it really kind of stuck in the year 609 AD when the Pantheon was consecrated as a Christian church. So in Rome, the Pantheon was this, uh, is this building that was given over to all of the gods known and unknown, Mm -hmm. right? And so they were trying to worship all the pagan gods all at once. And whenever it was was consecrated as a Christian church, it's under the title of St. Mary and all the martyrs. And so uh, it was uh, Pope Pope Boniface IV, Gave uh, 13 May 609 was the original kind of day of uh, of All Saints, and then it was moved to, to November 1st. Oh, mm-hmm. is that I know that there's a lot of conversation about some of these um, some of these holidays being moved more towards mm-hmm. like to combat maybe like some pagan holidays. Some, sometimes, yeah. yeah. In this case, it was moved to November 1st because Pope Gregory III built a uh, an oratory, so like a side chapel. Yeah. Um, for all confessors and martyrs, and he said that he wanted Mass to be celebrated there on November 1st. Mm. And so the current date that we have for All Saints Day in the 800s was kind of codified there. Okay, yeah, cool. But sometimes you do find um, that, that some of the feast days of Christian saints and, and some major Christian feasts do coincide with some of the other yeah. um, uh, pagan beliefs, uh, or rather should say to overwrite some of the, the pagan worship. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so All Souls Day is something that uh, that we remember the day after All Saints Day. So All Saints are all of those 
who have achieved heaven, right? right? So all of our, like our capital ST saints, as we mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And All Souls Day would be the, the practice of offering mass for the dead, for mm-hmm. all, all of the deceased. Um, and that's been a, a constant practice throughout the history of the church. Even if you look in the early days of the church, where we would go on kind of, you could say, the birthday, yeah. right? The, uh, the, the everlasting birthday of the deceased, and the Mass was offered for them. And uh, oftentimes this was done on the tomb itself. So in the catacombs, the very first Masses, the liturgy was celebrated on the marble slab or on the top of the graves of the martyrs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I, that's the one part of church history that I love. Is like, is is the beginning of the church when they were, you mm-hmm. know, having to practice mm-hmm. underground. And where did they, where did they celebrate mass? Where did they gather? Yeah. But with those that had had gone before them, and mm-hmm. were, you know, they were literally with, um, you know, the witnesses. Yeah, that had, that had who had just them. given yeah. themselves, uh, given their lives for the faith. And that really is where it ties into how we as Christians view death. Right. Because death without Christ is is not being alive sure. for a long time, you yeah. know. But because Christ enters into death and, and transforms it by conquering it, all of a sudden then that means that what you see in the early church, the, the early church saying, well, we're going to go into the catacombs because we know that our brothers and sisters who are lying asleep right now, yeah. this isn't the end. Right. And so we're going to offer mass for the sake of their soul because we believe that that has effect. Right. And the church has always taught that that has effect, uh, even even. Um, in the Old Testament, in the book of Maccabees, there is this notion of, pay, of of praying for the dead. And and so that is something that continues on. And so the church that we have today, whenever the priest goes to Mass and, and reverences the altar by kissing it, one of the things that he's doing is he's kissing the, uh, the relic that is in the altar stone. Yeah. So Mass today is still a connection with... Uh, with those early days of the church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I, I did not know that until probably, um, maybe like five or, or six years ago mm-hmm. that, you know, that there are relics in the, you know, in an altar. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that connection between, you know, and I, and I, I've always loved the image of mm-hmm. when we celebrate mass, Yeah, it's not just the priests and those who are there, but right. we, you know, that heaven touches earth, you know, right. and that, that all are present. And I love that, you know, when people say, I'll see you in the Eucharist, you know, mm-hmm. that you can say, look, I celebrate with you, even though you're not here, I celebrate with those who are, who That's have right. passed on. The veil is drawn yeah, back at the altar. Yeah. And I've always loved that image. And it's just, it's such a connection between, um, you know, not just heaven and earth, but mm-hmm. the past and the present and, you know, yeah. and every, the the church more than universal. That's right. The, the church in her grandest form, right, right, in the most universal form, which would be the church triumphant, yeah. uh, certainly those souls who are in heaven, uh, the church suffering, so those in purgatory, those awaiting heaven, mm-hmm. and then the church militant, that's us, those who are, are fighting on working out our salvation in fear and trembling. Yeah. Yeah. And so part of the way that we work out our salvation in fear and trembling is by contending with the fact that one day we must die. Yeah, that's and, true. you know, Scott Hahn, uh, who is a, who's that, Dr. Hahn is a, the great Catholic apologist. Um, he, he came into the church a number of years ago now and since then has been almost kind of like a, a new Thomas Aquinas, yeah. you know, he, very oh, yeah. much in the spirit of that, um, kind of trying to be catechetically open to the, the way in which the church believes, how she believes and why she does so. Mm-hmm. And he says that Catholics are accused of being obsessed with death, but we're not. He says we're obsessed with the resurrection. 
Yeah. And that's really the, the key through which we begin as Christians to look at death. Sure. You know, of course, we look back in history. Uh, death is always something that we have we have meditated upon even before Christ. Uh, right. Death is always something that is mysterious. And so it works its way into many epics. And of course, certain cultures have a way in which they, they view death, honorable, dishonorable, that sort of right, thing. Sure. I think one of the poems that I learned in high school was uh, Robert Herrick's To the Virgins to Make Much of Time, mm-hmm. you know. It's really kind of a meditation upon on youth and then that it doesn't last forever. Uh, yeah. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a-flying, and that same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the glorious lamp of heaven, the sun, the higher he's a-getting, the sooner will his race be run and nearer he's to setting. Mm-hmm. So there's this notion that even in kind of popular culture, sure. we do wonder about death. Yeah. Well, that's all. I mean, that's always the question is like, what, uh, you know, any young person I've ever talked to, mm-hmm. well, what is, what, it, what does it look like? And my answer mm-hmm. is always, I, you know, I can tell you what, you know, what we believe as Christians. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never been there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's, that is always, you know, any movie that you see or, yeah, an you know, attempt to artistically yeah. portray oh, yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's always interesting how, um, how there are so many different beliefs mm-hmm. and there are so many different ideas about about what happens. Yeah, and the yeah. thing about it is because death is mysterious to us, we have the opportunity to allow artistic license to speak a little bit. Sure. But we know certainly that uh, as, as Catholics, uh, we are called to, to look at it uh, in the notion of, of what we as Catholics believe about sure. death and dying. Huh? Yeah. And so the Catechism tells us quite simply that death is the end of earthly life. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a a pretty cut and dry. It's the end of our earthly life. Our lives are measured by time uh, in the course of which we change. We grow old. And as with all living beings on Earth, the catechism says death seems like the normal end of life. Mm -hmm. The aspect of death lends urgency to our lives. And I think that that's important to note that that because we know that we will die, there is even from the moment that we are children, and certainly once we get to our teenage years, we kind of become aware of that urgency within our life. Right. And so yeah. there's this kind of animating element, if you will, with with knowing that that the end of our earthly life does have um, there there is a, a kind of hard stop at yeah. some point for our earthly life or what we know of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I remember growing up and the first time you really experienced death and can, can understand what's going on, you know, and somebody, um, you know, somebody in your life dies or maybe even somebody young dies and you're, you know, that whole realization that, mm-hmm. okay, wow, yeah. like this is yeah. something is, there is going to be an end to this. That's right. And so what does that mean in my what does that yeah. mean in my life right now? Right. How how do I put that together? Right. right. Well, because uh, you think you're gonna live. You know, you, you think you're gonna live forever. Right. Yeah. And you, it's just not even a thought. Even mm-hmm. even nowadays, like, you know, um, I think you know, as I as I prepare for marriage, I've thought about it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, about what it'll what that means to to spend your life with someone, and then to to end your life with yeah. you know, yeah. and, and and that's been an interesting thought. But otherwise, I would. I don't normally think about that every day. Mm-hmm. Like I don't wake up going, "Okay, today if I die." Yeah, you know. I, I remember uh, at at twelve. So I think it was right somewhere around twelve or thirteen. I had this existential crisis. My poor mom. I can only imagine how she was trying to figure this out. But this was also about the time I think that that not just as as I was entering my teenage years, but I was starting to put together some of the things that 
that we profess mm -hmm. in, in our faith, that I was hearing at church, and you know, it was probably Lent, if I remember correctly. And so I was actually putting all these pieces together, kind of going to Calvary with Jesus in my head. And I, for the first time in my life, I remember thinking that this, wow, that's me too, you yeah. know, that, that, that my life has, an, has an, an end date. I don't know what it is, I don't know when it is, yeah. but, but there's, a, there's going to be an end. And so I, I do remember, and it eventually kind of came out of it um, with, a, with a kind of a renewed sense of hope. But I look, at, I look back on that moment and I think about kind of the graces that were being given sure. where the Lord kind of allowed an opportunity to, to peel back the veil and say, well, Christopher, you, yes, the, this, is, this is not going to be forever, you know. Right. Um, but, or I should say earthly life won't be forever. Right, yeah. But uh, that's also where we, we get the opportunity to, to remember our mortality and to, do, to realize that we have a limited amount of time in which to bring our lives to fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Because there, there is a sense in, uh, you know, in, this, in this life that we are called to be fulfilled, not in filling up our appetites, but in realizing that this isn't it. Sure. And so that fulfillment for us as Christians actually goes beyond the grave. Right. right, it goes beyond the grave. Um, in fact, the book of Ecclesiastes talks about that. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. So even long before uh, the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, there was this sense that that our spirit, our soul, returns to God at some right. point. You know. Yeah, that's my. That is, uh, admittedly, one of my favorite parts about. Uh, Ash Wednesday is mm -hmm. remember that you are dust, mm -hmm. and to dust you shall return. And it's yeah. like, Ooh. yeah, I typically <laughs> use that that refrain. Yeah. There are two options: uh, repent and believe in the gospel, or turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. But then also remember that you were dust, and then to dust you shall return. Yeah, well, that that whole imagery of I mean, for me, I don't know if this is official, but uh, <laughs> for me, it's the imagery of of Adam being made from the clay, Correct. from the ground. Yeah, you know, and and this is where you come from. Yep. And this is where you return. That's so, correct. Like that's my favorite part. Yeah. It's not just like oh, God made I mean, us out of the clay. But too, like God certainly could have created us from nothing. Yeah. You know, He could have just snapped His proverbial sure. fingers, and there we were. But no, He actually made us from sure. uh, that which He had created. Yeah. And so there is this notion of us returning back mm -hmm. to to that that which we were from which we were created. Yeah. But at the same time, that from which we were created, that that dust that has formed, you know, the clay of the ground that that he formed man out of, was imbued with with the divine breath, with the right. ruah, if you want the the, the Hebrew word. Yeah. Huh? Um, and and so we are ensouled by God, yeah. and we're not just uh, we're not just kind of these these zombies if you right. will that that don't don't have the capacity to love don't have the capacity to aspire don't have the capacity to be fulfilled right. no no we actually are given the gift of reason uh, and that's part of the way that our souls are constructed so that we can actually see beyond right. the the finitude the finiteness of our life um yeah and the well the actual and the actual i you know tradition and customs that come with with burial yeah these days you know going back to the earth mm-hmm 90 i would venture to say 90 percent of of i mean i made that up i made that number up but I would, <laughs> a large number a large number of people <laughs> are are buried in a cast yeah. in a cast yeah, many in are. the ground mm -hmm. except for if you're in new orleans and they bury you up it's it's, it's another right. thing yeah. but yeah. you're in tomb you go into the ground and and even um those who are are cremated mm -hmm. you know and not in the church but 
there is a tradition often of of scattering the yeah ashes. which is which is not what we do sure mm-hmm. but you know even that whole sense is scattering your ashes back into the to the earth there's a sense of trying to return right yeah. mm-hmm. and so even though it you know it's it's not a practice that we as Catholics do. Mm-hmm. Even in that practice, there's this idea of of returning back mm. to where yeah, there came there, from. there is a desire, and yeah. you could almost say there is a desire for us to to very much sure allow our our finiteness to be uh, to be completed on this right. earth, right? Yeah. And so that's that's where burial of the dead, like like I've often told folks who are talking about burial and what should we do, is like you know that's really what what makes us different from every other creature on earth. Mm-hmm. We are the only creatures because we are imbued with, with a rational soul that desire to bury our dead. Yeah. You know, we, we do that because we recognize that there is a reverence mm-hmm. in returning our, our dead to the earth, right? Yeah. And returning our dead to the elements. Um, and even certainly as Christians, the notion of, of returning ourselves to wait for the Lord. And right. we'll talk about that in just a second. But first we should remind you that we are the Catholic Underground. That's right, uh, that upbeat music reminds you that we are the Catholic Underground. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen, and then of course we've got Jeff and Ed up in space. Our picks of the week are coming up, but uh, we're just going to continue to talk about death and dying because we have moved our way into the month of November, which is traditionally given over to uh, remembering our beloved dead, those who yep. have gone before us marked with the sign of faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's kind of a, more, a, a general definition of death uh, that, that we sometimes don't think about because, of course, the soul is, is not visible to us, right? We can't right. see our soul. There's really no measurement tool for it. Uh, and I'm looking at you, Eastern philosophy practitioners. No, there's really no way that you can see the soul unless it is a special gift that's granted to you by God, uh, you know. Um, and so uh, oftentimes if you're talking about the soul, it can be read, but it can't be seen, right? So mm. St. Padre Pio could read souls, sure. right? That was yeah. a Ooh, gift that was yeah. given to him in the confessional. Yeah. So death is the separation of man's mortal body and his immortal soul. So our body is mortal. Uh, um, our soul is immortal. It, it cannot be killed, right? It doesn't, it cannot, even, even before, um, you know, the death of the body, our, our soul has always been made immortal because that's, that's God's animating principle within us. That's what makes us us, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not, it's not my uh, thick eyebrows. It's, it's actually my immortal soul. You have you know? some very nice eyebrows. <laughs> Aw, shucks. <laughs> you say that to all the priests with eyebrows. Um, and, and so this separation that we would call death, the separation of the body from the soul, comes to all men as a result of original sin. Right. And it's important to note that. So you can look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, um, Genesis 3, 3, Genesis 3, verse 19, um, in the book of wisdom. And then even, of course, in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, for the wage of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, so death comes to us as a result of original sin, that original sin of selfishness, of turning away from God, brought about the reality of death. Um, but we also recognize that death is a temporary state. And I think in our modern world, sometimes we get that, um, we just don't think about it, as you say, we don't think about death. Yeah. And we think that death is a permanent state, so that's oftentimes why we try to, rather than live fulfilled, 
we just live for the moment right and yeah. we do whatever we want mm-hmm. yeah because it's very much th- just this not there's no connection yeah if i'm going to be dead for well you know a really long time or right. maybe forever and that's that yeah well then i'm gonna i'm gonna suckle as much as i can yeah. out of out of the appetites that you know yeah. of the earth and and no we believe that death is a temporary state for at the end of the world when it's all said and done mm-hmm. uh all men and women shall rise again to be judged by Christ. Yeah. And we'll talk about judgment in another episode, but that's what we believe, that, that death is temporary. And we also believe, too, that, that the whole person, body and soul, will be rewarded for the good or evil that they have done, mm-hmm. body and soul, in this life. So, so, you know, whenever God tells us in the book of Deuteronomy and Jesus repeats that we must love the Lord our God with all our mind, with all our soul, mm-hmm. with all our heart, and with all our strength. I the mean, part, yeah, the Shema prayer, very good, nicely mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's that's what we're saying is that that we believe that death is temporary. We will be judged, and then we will be recompensed, if you will, for what we did, either good or evil. Yeah, and that's where we talk about resurrection. And we believe, and we'll talk about this in a subsequent show that that we believe in the resurrection of the body. That whether saved or damned, we will be resurrected. Yeah, and that um, that's kind of chilling to me. Yeah, <laughs> to think about, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it, but as it as it as it goes, it's important to always keep death before us. Uh, mm-hmm. Saint Benedict talks about that, and um, in his fourth chapter of his rule, he talks about what the instruments of good works are. So we know, like the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, right? To to, to bury the dead is a corporal work of mercy. It's a work of mercy, reaching down into someone else's situation mm-hmm. without their ability to repay you and desiring good for them, right? That's right. a work of mercy. Right. And, and so, cor- corporal being like of the body, right? Corpus, of the body, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like all, all the, the physical needs of someone. That's correct, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so instructing the ignorant, yeah. visiting the sick, um, um, visiting the imprisoned, mm-hmm. Uh, those are all corporal works of mercy because they are concerned with the body because right. we are we are bodily, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, then of course you have the spiritual works of mercy. But one of the things that Pope Benedict said, Pope Benedict, Saint Benedict mm-hmm. uh, says, is that in order to do an instrument of good works, we must keep death daily before our eyes. Yeah, and and to do that, we can't we. We are called to meditate upon death regularly, and that's actually part of the life of the church: is to constantly, at least, give some of our thoughts over to the fact that one day, I will die. Yeah. One day, I will die and have to give an account. Yeah, which sounds super morbid. It does when you think about it. But I mean, like, but it's it's practical. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, in a spiritual sense, mm-hmm. uh, in a in a you know in a in a corporal sense, right? Yeah. To to think about. Where where is this heading? Right, know? exactly, and that's also why we we are called to have a a healthy fear, right? As a as a in a sense a reverence for mm-hmm. um, the the day of judgment, yeah. right? To uh, to to dread the con the the fact that we could end up in hell. Huh? 
um, to desire eternal life with all the passion of the Holy Spirit present within us. These are ways that we keep death always before us. Right. And so if we if we keep death before us, then we're going to guard over the actions of our lives. Yeah. And that's one of the things in the rule of Benedict, to keep constant guard over the actions of your life because our actions have consequences. Our actions have effects. Yeah. They have reactions. And some of those can last into eternity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's something that we don't always we don't always think about. You know, so what is it? What is the here? You know, we've been talking about this. What is the here and now? Mm-hmm. How does this affect me right now? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that. I, that I think is always the hard thing to to teach about sin, is that you know, especially if it's if it's um, you know, a lot of young people. Well, if if it doesn't affect other people, mm-hmm. it just affects me. Well, then you know, but. Then it can't be that bad. That's when you start to look at, okay, what is the eternal effect of your actions? Correct. That you may not know until, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah, the day of judgment, right. Yeah, I mean, you you should know what, what they are, but, you know, that you don't automatically see. It's like, it's like having a, um, an illness that you don't Mm -hmm. see. It's there, but you can't measure it. And you don't feel it, but Mm -hmm. like, but it's killing you from the inside and there's Mm -hmm. no symptoms and I'll, you know, Personally, I'm a type two diabetic. I don't, and that was one of my biggest complaints. Was thankfully, but not thankfully, I'm not symptomatic. Mm-hmm. But when I went into the doctor, he was like, "Yeah, this is, all it's these there. bad things are mm-hmm. happening," and I was like, "I don't feel any." It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this this illness that is killing us from the inside. That sometimes we may not we may not and, see and that we have from. an antidote for. You right. know, and that's the thing is is the reason that the sacraments of the church exist are not only to, to, to keep death in front of us, but also to pro- begin providing the antidote now. Yeah. And, and that's really what we're talking about here, is, is that Jesus enters into all of this, and he doesn't just kind of leave us and hang us out to dry and say, well, I'll conquer death, but all you have to, just, just worry about death, okay? Yeah. Worry about it a lot. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, he actually enters into it with us even today through his church. Uh, St. Julian of Toledo, who was a 6th century bishop, said, Everyone fears death of the flesh. Few fear death of the soul. Mm -hmm. All are preoccupied with the coming of the death of the flesh, which sooner or later certainly must come. And for this they weary themselves. Destined to die, humankind struggles to avoid dying, and yet, destined to live forever, they do not labor to avoid sinning. Oh, that we could incite humankind, ourselves included, to be lovers of everlasting life as much as they are lovers of the life that passes away. And I think that's really what it is. Like, even though the soul cannot be killed, it can be effectively killed, right? It it can, the the soul can be completely just obliterated from the inside Mm. out so that it does not desire God for eternity. And that's the soul that, that goes to hell is, is right. one that has been so um, corroded with the things of the world and so corroded with, with sin that it doesn't, it doesn't desire heaven. It doesn't desire beatitude. And so that's why we keep death before us, so that we know not only are we finite beings, but that there's more to the story than just lying in the earth or lying in our coffin, right. you know, which is, of course, I, with, I think why so much of popular culture is obsessed mm-hmm. with death and dying and zombies and, you know, uh, mutations yeah. and, and vampires and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, we'll have to, to go to the other side of the break to talk about all of this. It's the Catholic Underground. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this.
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Alrighty, welcome back to the Catholic Underground online all the time at catholicunderground.com. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee. Up in space, we got Jeff Blackwell and Ed Ball. Jeff, uh, you doing okay up there? I'm doing great, Father. Ah, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm is, loving this conversation, by the way. Yeah, it's always good to keep death before us. Uh, Jeff yeah. went a little too close to it, I think, for yeah. my taste. Yeah, I was taste. knocking on the door there, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that again. No, the Lord says, look, hey, there's still stuff to do there. No, you know, just, That's exactly right. Anyway, it, it, it was... I find it interesting too that that you know Jeff, as as you did, uh, knock uh, a couple of times, or rapping on that door to mm, death, yeah. um, to to be able to to come back and sit among us and say, you know what, I I now I have kept death before me, I know it's a reality, yes, but at the same time I know there's stuff I got to live for. Absolutely, yeah, mm. uh, and uh, and I think that's the greatest thing that I learned is the time that I have left to make the most of it instead of getting wrapped up in the the things that really don't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to make a living, but hey, family is more important. You know, spend time with those grandkids and great grandbabies. That's exactly <laughs> so, right. You yeah. know, and uh, soak up the family as much as you can, and mm-hmm. then point the way to Christ. That's that's what we're yep. really called to do. All of us. That's right. You know, well, like Saint Julian of Toledo says, uh, "Would that we could incite humankind to be lovers of everlasting life," mm. and that's really why we're called to keep death before us, so that we can become a beacon of hope, sure. mm-hmm. not only for others, but to, to ask the Lord to manifest hope in our lives, right. you know? For sure. So um, uh, we do love lists, as you remember. Yes, indeed. And so we thought we'd dive into one of our favorite yeah. lists, uh, five benefits to remembering our death. That, yeah. that notion built. Oh, Ta-da! Yeah. So <laughs> memento mori right. is, is a, a Latin phrase that means remember your death. Right? Remember yes. that you must die. Yeah, exactly. Come on now. I uh, love it. <laughs> I, 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 I love that. I, I, like, I remember the first time I ever saw it, I was like, that's morbid. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I, I love it. And I love that, it's, that this is part of our faith. This mm-hmm. is what we, you know. And that's actually why we, we typically bless graves on All Souls Day. Oh, right. Some okay. parishes yeah. will do them, like ours, uh, like mine, we'll bless graves as close to All Souls Day as we can. But people, I'm sorry to say this, but folks will only come out to the cemetery on Sunday when mass is attached. It's hard to get, yeah. we've, I've tried. Oh, um, yeah. It's hard to get people to actually come out to the cemetery on All Souls Day. Uh, I have celebrated mass before on All Souls Day in the cemetery, which is one of the things that traditionally you're supposed to sure. do. But 2021, it's hard to get, we have cars, we have the ability to move from yeah. place yeah. to place. And yet to get people to come out uh, for something that's not on their their uh, you know established radar right. or, or vector, 
It's really hard to do. So um, so the way that we kind of anticipate it is by blessing graves on the yeah. weekend. Father, you're going to live stream that, the blessing of the graves? <laughs> uh, well, we did it today. You um, did? Yeah, uh-huh. We did. You live streamed it? No, I didn't live stream it. Oh, oh. No, no, I just did it. Oh, yeah. okay. If anybody I was, was going to live stream it, it would have had to have been me, but my hands were full. I yeah, was, you, you know, had yeah. some things to do. I had an aspergillium and an aspersorium. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's your Latin phrases to go Google. Oh, I love that. I oh, had some Asper cream, so there's that. There's that. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, that's what I needed afterwards, yeah. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I think about, I, um, I have a dear friend, Father Brent, that mm -hmm. I, you know, for some reason, we talk about what my funeral is going to look like. Mm -hmm. I've made it very clear that, you know, I don't want any of the... <laughs> I'm a little, I mean, this is very, a little contrary to what we're, you know, I was like, I want people to mourn me. I uh, want people to, no, that's to okay. be sad. Yeah. And I was like, I want all black. I don't want any of this, like, let's all wear bright colors to remember. Uh-uh. I want veils. Mm -hmm. I want people crying. I said, don't put on, <laughs> don't play any on, on eagle's wings unless people aren't crying. And then you pull that sucker out because mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. makes everybody cry. Well, I think one of the things that we think because we're afraid sure. of looking at death is, is that we think because we have hope of resurrection, we ought to liturgically skip over mourning. <laughs> yeah. We should yeah. skip yeah. over our sadness. And that actually can have a detrimental effect. The funeral rite of the church is to give us hope in the midst of mourning. Right. There you go. Right? Um, in fact, St. Paul's letter to the Romans, we do not mourn like the pagans who have yeah. no hope. Yeah. But whenever we really do mourn uh, the death of our loved ones, and that's why traditionally in, in the Catholic faith, um, uh, the black, the kind of the color of the inside of the coffin, you know, yeah. is, a, is a reminder to us. And, and oftentimes people wear the, the mourning color, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, yeah. color of black. That's why priests wear black, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, our our uh, habit, our cassock, is supposed to be an indication that this life is fleeting. This sure. is not it. Yeah. There's something that's coming after this. And so the, the priest for many hundreds of years now has donned the color of death, if you will, mm -hmm. to give folks a signpost to say, okay, come to the priest, come to me, and I will give you the medicine of immortality yeah. that Christ dispenses to you from his own priesthood, right. you yeah. know? Yeah, so you know, while we sometimes can can talk about death and, and mourning, sometimes mm. the idea of death, or especially uh, those who are who might be facing death, uh, it can be pretty. Um, sometimes can be depressing. Yeah. Right. But it's also as we've been talking about this idea that it can be quite motivating. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that we remember. And not that we are morbidly obsessed with it, that every day, every no. minute we're thinking about, no, well, this, right. you know, this yeah. could be it. That may mean you're a teenager. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. A little bit emo. But, you know, but that to remember, yes, memento more, remember that we will die. We must die. That mm -hmm. is, it's part of, of life. It's guaranteed. You know, what is it? Death and death and taxes. You're, <laughs> you're going to die. Right. Um, and, you know, as we talked about, many of the saints talk about death. Um, but the f the point is, is that when we remember it, when mm -hmm. we talk about it, yeah. when we prepare for it, um, it helps us live a more Christian life. That's more right. Life, a, a life more aligned with Jesus, who ultimately gave his life. Yeah. You know, and I think we like we think about that. All. I, I think for me, it's kind of a struggle to um, to think about. You know, we talk about how we talk about think about the death of Jesus mm -hmm. all the time, mm -hmm. but you know, I don't always enter into that idea that 
he prepared for it as yeah. a human being. Yeah. Like I mean he knew he knew what was coming afterwards, but like there there was an end. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um But I, I but he knew, but did he know? I mean, well, I mean he's God, he knows sure, everything, yeah. but but he did experience the trepidation yeah. of of what was coming up, right? The the mm-hmm. agony in the garden. Yeah, Part absolutely. of the agony yeah. is is contending with with the end of his earthly life, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and, and that that gives me great solace that yeah. even our Lord knew what had to transpire absolutely. and and it filled him with, with agony. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So as we think about mm-hmm. our death, as we remember that we too must die, um, there are five benefits yep. um, to reflecting on the fact that you're going to die, think to thinking about it. And one of them, number one, uh, is the use of time. And, you know, we time is a precious resource nowadays. It's either I don't have any time, um, which is the majority of, mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. Um, our time is split between a million different places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we use up all of our time in the day. We don't spend enough time sleeping. You know, time is, is a precious commodity. And mm. to say nothing um, of prayer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, a, and a moment, it's interesting, a moment once possessed, once it's occurred, mm-hmm. can never be recaptured, can nope. never be, this time that we're spending together, we can never get back. That's right, no, right? we can so, only move forward in yeah. the timeline. And the idea that once we are born, yeah. we begin to die, yeah. you know, and, and um, what we do, we talked about that, what we do with our time can last for an eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a limited quantity of time and none of us knows when that time is up. That's right. And so, you know, we could live for another 20, 30, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and today could be our last day. We could that's get, right. you know. We yeah, could, we have no way of knowing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way it was with Jeff. Like one day he's on the radio with us and right. the next day he's in the hospital surprising mm. everyone, yeah. you know. Uh, and and that's, that's very true. It's just being aware of the use of our time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you say, um, for, for whatever in divine providence is I, Jeff's back, right, yeah. you know, and uh, thank God he, he is. Huh? Uh, I know Diane is probably, Diane is, is, is Jeff's Diane. Is, t- is l- probably shaking yes. her head like, or not in her head. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We, mm-hmm. we, we still, talk. he's been out of the hospital for over a year mm-hmm. and we still talk about uh, occurrences and, and things where the Holy Spirit was really speaking to her yeah. and, and, and giving her an assurance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I gotta tell you, if this has just been such a profound experience in my life that it has made a difference uh, for my remaining days. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, and, and that that kind of um, it, it it can enliven our our sure. spirit, right? It can enliven us and give us a sense up, of Jack. joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've celebrated a couple of funerals recently, <laughs> where um, one of the the family members said, "You know, um, our 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 beloved was was looking forward to death." Yeah because he had this little inkling, this little momentary vision that was given to him by the Lord and he, and he wanted to go back. He yeah. wants to he wanted to experience that. And mm. so that actually helped put the rest of the family at ease. Yeah. Because yeah. like he doesn't normally talk about all these things, but the fact that he was so mm. longing for for eternal life yeah. is is a good sign, you know? Yeah, it was um Saint Pope John Paul II who said, uh, let me go to my father's house. Mm-hmm. And and when I think about death, I'm like, that's what I want to be able to say at mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. Is let, is yeah, let me go, go to my father's house. Yeah. And it's interesting, that's a very loaded 
statement, right? You know, because Jesus is talking about in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Mm -hmm. But that's also what the prodigal son said. I know I will rise and go to my father because he will care for me. Even though I don't deserve to eat the pig food, (laughs) I will run and go to my father. And we also know that towards the end of his life, uh, Pope St. John Paul II was going to confession very often. He was he was partaking of that medicine, that spiritual Mm. medicine, the sacraments of healing and certainly the Mm. Eucharist, the medicine of immortality. Yeah, Um, that's actually what what scrubs the soul clean. Right. Reconciliation and the Eucharist. That's what gives us a desire to present our souls to the Lord right. unblemished, you know? So yeah, yeah, making the use of our time, that's part of the way we do it is yeah. in the sacramental life of yeah. the church. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, mm-hmm. a holy fear. Now, if you mm-hmm. read uh, Matthew 25, which is the sheeps and the goats, which oh, is yes, my indeed. favorites, are you a sheep or are you a goat? Which one you are? Uh, this passage <laughs> should strike uh, a holy fear into your heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about fear and, and you know, a holy fear, what's yeah. that all about? Um, but we are, and we're gonna talk about this, we are gonna be judged in our works. Yep. And so, you know, we've talked about this, we are not mm-hmm. saved by faith alone. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. And so, you know, at the end of time, at the end of our time, mm-hmm. you know, are we gonna be the ones where he says, depart depart from me, you who are cursed, into mm-hmm. eternal fire. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be a goat? No. Or um, are you living in such a way that can, that you can be confident that Jesus is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, Mm -hmm. right? Your life proves what is in your heart. Your life proves, you prove with your life what you believe. That's right. And we believe that our deeds and our words are, are part of the the things that we're going to have to answer for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's important to note that we're not going to get to the end of our lives and be surprised, I think, that, that Jesus says, depart from me, yeah. you know, or, or maybe we will. But, but the, the, the notion is that, that if I have filled myself with my own sure. appetites, and if I have, have not, of course, the, the, the sheep and the goats um, story is about those spiritual and corporal works of mercy. I was right. hungry mm-hmm. and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. Um, we, we can cry out, Lord, Lord, but if we have so filled ourselves with these, uh, these kind of anti-antidotes, with these, with these, these medicines that, that just fill us up, right, yeah. um, then that have no ability to save us, then the Lord is, is, is going to say, depart from me, not because he wants to cast us out of his sight, but because we don't want to, we've shown by our life that we don't want to be there. Right, yeah. You know, and it's hard for us to imagine that that's a state that we can grow into. Right. But the more selfish we become, the more we become convinced that we are our own God. Yeah. And the more we, conv- we are convinced that we are God, the more we do not wish to serve anyone, including yeah. God. Well, yeah, that's always the question is, why does, why does God send someone to hell? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, not no. how it works. He yeah. doesn't just arbitrarily say, I don't really like you and you're ugly. Get out of no, here. Yeah, no, right? God is not like a, a high school cheerleader. It's you know? we who, who yeah. make that choice. You know? and so, so the idea is to live well so that you can die well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to to be to have that that holy fear in your life of what could you know That's what right. could be mm-hmm. uh, number three is live with no regrets I mean regrets <laughs> uh, this <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is like how would you live today if you knew that it was your last day on earth mm-hmm. That's always the question if you knew today was your last day mm-hmm. what would you do 
I probably would have had those extra calories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But like, why don't we do that in, you know, every day? Mm-hmm. You know, if it doesn't matter if we know that today is the last day or not. Yeah. Are we living with no regrets? Now, that's a that's a pretty mm-hmm. popular, mm-hmm. you know, idea. But we typically Sec- mean something different in our right. secular world. Right. Huh? The secular world is like, oh, do what you want. Live right. your life. Do you, boo-boo. Like, right. that's how it works. Yeah, because it's all going to be over. Yeah, so. it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter, but it does. And so this is the opposite, you know, of that meaning. Do we live our life as God, as Christ calls us to every day? Mm-hmm. Can we look back on our life and say, "I loved, I loved with the heart of Jesus. Yeah. I served with the heart of Jesus. I went to the sacraments. I I was united with Christ in my life here, mm-hmm. and I have no regrets." Yeah, you know? and I think that's the thing is that oftentimes our modern world, because it doesn't see things in light of eternity it examines things by the little itty bitty pinhole light of what's in front of us but we are called to examine our lives in the light of eternity right we we know that on the other side of this veil that that we call life there is eternity yeah and it's either eternity with god or eternity apart from him yeah and do I live every day? And I wish I could say that I do. There are some days that I get to to the end of the day and I make that little examination of conscience and I go, Lord, I really did not live for you today. Yeah. This was my last day. I would have to beg the mercy of your court because I yeah. don't I don't know. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I may be perhaps not in the state of mortal sin, but but I I did not live for you today. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't a so there's oftentimes when I look at, at my day and my weeks and mm-hmm. I say, Lord, I, I was not a Christian. Mm-hmm. I was not a someone who right. who could be identified as a as a follower of you for sure. Yeah. And number four kind of goes along with that is um This is interesting. I don't know if I've ever thought about this before. Yeah. Do but. you leave a legacy of love or a legacy of pain? Hmm. And so every one of us leaves behind a legacy. When we die, there is some There is a way we will be remembered. Yeah, there's a way that we're gonna be remembered. And sometimes it's of pain, of broken relationships, mm-hmm. um, of bitterness, resentment, spite, all these things, you know, you know, I always think of the old lady who dies in like a in like a movie and they're like, Oh, she was a crotchety old lady and mm-hmm. we're like, We're super glad she's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sometimes we all have those people in our life that when they died, you can't, there's nothing. We experience their yeah, death. <laughs> there's nothing, and, there's no memory that you can say where you can, you can think of that mm-hmm. say that they were a bad person. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's warmth and love and kindness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, how do they, like even not only just their family, strangers, enemies, people that they didn't really like, mm-hmm. they always spoke well of and spoke well to and treated to. So how, yeah. I would, like think about that right now, if you were to, to pass right now, mm-hmm. how would people remember you? Yeah. And so, you know, as we are, are leaving a, a, you know, a legacy and looking at how we have treated other people, mm-hmm. because isn't that the second part to the, to the greatest commandment, to love one another, right? right? Um, and to love everyone as our neighbor, yeah. that's really hard to do. Yeah, you know? and so in the same vein, reconciliation is also a matter to consider, mm-hmm. right? Are there places in your life where, that need to be reconciled, that need to be healed? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, great, what a great gift those who, who know they're dying have yeah. to, in order to receive the sacrament of reconciliation. Yeah. Um, but are we frequenting that 
you know, or we say, oh no, I'll, I'll deal with that. Mm-hmm. I'll go later. And then something happens, you know, don't delay, do it. Go right. to reconciliation on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Seek the forgiveness, but also give forgiveness even when it's not asked for That's right. to people. So that, you know, that legacy can be one where people say they they were so forgiving and yeah, so I merciful. did nothing to deserve their forgiveness, but yeah. they gave it. Uh, I like that. The grudge does not matter in the grave. Yeah. But you see, here's the deal about grudges too, is that the legacy that you leave may be the occasion for somebody else to persist in sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was a complete stinker uh-huh. and the example that I gave you was to to follow my bad example, then then I could certainly be responsible for for the life that you lead even after my death. Yeah. And so, I mean, I always think of like the Boy Scouts, you know, the Boy Scouts always say that you leave the campsite yep. cleaner than you found it. Yeah. And, and in a sense, that's what, as Christians, what we're called to do, we're called to make holy the mundane. Mm-hmm. We're called to get into the, the real sticky stuff of everyday life and to, to allow it to be transformed, claimed for Christ, like we're, like we're staking claim on a, on a new continent, right. every aspect of our lives, business, personal, private, right. um, public, in any way, we're called to stake that claim for Christ and to leave it his better than we found it so that our legacy is not just for our own glory and how we're remembered but that our legacy actually helps to build disciples even after we're gone right that's the whole point of it yeah and you know speaking of disciples yeah speaking of disciples number five um is the idea that we are aiming for sainthood and that's a that's a tall order like when that's why we celebrate all souls day right because we recognize that not everyone yet is 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 known to be a canonized saint yeah and we don't presume sainthood sure on on any of us right we don't by the way presume heaven for any of us that we don't make that presumption yeah and so our life here on earth is short so i'm not i mean even if you live to be 150 years old which God bless you if you do. Um, but our life is here on earth is short and eternity is very long. Uh, it's forever. Forever. And in the end, there's only one thing that's, um, that's really worth living for and that's holiness. Yeah. Right? And that Being really, set apart for Christ. Right. And really worth living in is holiness. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We can live our life a million different ways. Right? But what, what brings, you know, meaning and mm-hmm. um, just meaning, meaning to our life is the idea of holiness and striving for sainthood yeah. and striving for what comes next. And we talked about this this whole show. Sometimes it's really hard to think and look past, mm-hmm. um, but that's what it's all about and that's what the Lord is calling us to, yeah. right? Christ comes and says, here, live like this. It's gonna be difficult, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I tell people, uh, my kids are all the time are like, that's really hard and he was Jesus. And I was like, yeah, he didn't come and say, look, this life gonna be super easy. That's right. Don't Become worry about disciple a thing. Become my disciple and yeah, right? no longer suffer. Yeah. That was the temptation in the desert, right? right? If you just bow down and worship Satan, you yeah. don't have to go to the cross and you'll be able to fulfill the mission you yeah. came for. You know, that's, yeah. that's, it's the age old thing. Yeah, and when, when, I look at, when I look at the saints, my favorite saints are those saints that were like, so imperfect it wasn't even funny you know and they <laughs> there you know, were plenty maybe they weren't like levitating or you know bilocating or you know they were just living ordinary simple lives mm-hmm. and they lived them well for christ we've mm-hmm. talked about carlos acutis like 
he normal normal teenager yep had a love for the eucharist didn't you know heal people and raise people from the grave he just lived life and that's what we're called to do and sometimes we're like that's really hard i'll never be a saint yes you can mm -hmm. right yes you can and that's because that's the goal to. right yeah mm -hmm. um is is the idea that and that of course holiness that's of course why we celebrate all saints day and why we have devotions to the saints because the, the church after significant scrutiny has said yep not only are their lives worth worth emulating but we believe that they are in heaven and that they are actively interceding for you so that you can get to be where they are yeah near to the heart of christ in eternity and that's what the saints are they're the ones who are actually kind of like like they're dogging they're dogging egging us on yeah. right yeah yeah egging, egging us our, on yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogging would be talking down yeah. about, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're egging us on. They're encouraging mm -hmm. us, right? And they encourage us with their intercession. They encourage us with our, with their prayers. And, and they encourage us just by examining their life. Yeah. Like, as you say, some, some of the saints got put through the ringer. Yeah. But what made them saints was that they desired heaven more than they desired the pity party of yeah. this earthly life. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So all these... All these things that we talk about, you know, death and life mm -hmm. is wrapped up in the idea that life is a gift yep. and death, of course, is inevitable. So what should we do? Live for eternity, yep. love Jesus, love others, forgive, be forgiven, seek forgiveness, give sacrificially, be humble, pursue the supernatural life of sanctity, of holiness, mm -hmm. and anything less than that is a waste of time, yeah. time that we don't have. So in short, live as if you were a dying man because you are. Memento we are. mori. Memento mori. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. very good. Well, that's a little meditation there on death for you as you move into the month of November as of the time of this recording. If you're watching us in a time warp, well, it's always good to memento mori anyway. It's also good also, also, to uh, go to that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. Too many also's. Uh, Kathleen, yes. for your pick of the week. You don't want to go to Kev uh, Olivia? No, she's oh, not. Oh, no. Olivia <laughs> is is searching high and low for her pick of the week. Ha That's ha. why we gave her the night In your off. face, Olivia. I get to go first. <laughs> I am going to pick. Um, this is a new mm. nail polish. I love a good nail polish. Now, I, I don't. don't try a lot. <laughs> I, I usually stick with a, a brand called OPI because I think it's the best. Now, somebody did say, and if mm. ladies out here, guys, mm. I know you don't deal with this, but usually when you get a red i'm not wearing it right now but um i'm wearing another red opi red um when you take this off it it looks like you have murdered your fingernails no it bleeds all over the place no. it stains it's oh, really bad this red now this is olive and june nail polish is that the olive brand? and june olive and june is the is the plant uh, the, oh. what the brand not the plan oh it's the plan but it's the brand, it's the plan, it's the brand. brand. um and this red which i don't know what it's called but it's the red one mm -hmm. um is it doesn't bleed it just comes right off yeah. it doesn't stain and i've never found that in a nail polish so i have tried this one and now this one alone it, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah i have it we can do um we can do mayonnaise after the all after right the show. Uh, but i haven't i haven't used any of the other ones yet but it's got good lasting power it stays on for you know a good several days um which i use my hands so much and wash them and you know yeah. hand sanitize that it I usually chip and it gets crazy. But Olive and June, if you're looking for a good Christmas gift, I'm about okay. to start with my Christmas gift list, people. That's this is true. a good little stocking stuffer. Olive and June. 
All right. Uh, All right. I painted my fingernails black once. <laughs> and uh, that was in high school. It was a long time ago. Uh, my pick of the week is The Essential Guide to Comic Book Lettering by Nate Picos, who owns Blambot Fonts. So I've oh, been nice. using these fonts forever. Wow. But he's also yeah. a well-known letterer, comic uh-huh. book letterer. And so he's got uh, basically the lowercase b Bible on comic book lettering. Nice. It's really fascinating because those are kind of unsung things that you see mm-hmm. in comic books, and yet you can't read one without lettering, right? right? And so how they tell the story, not just the pictures, not just the writing, but the actual lettering does it as well. So that's And I'm sure I could say not to be confused with Comic Sans. Not which... to be, Comic Sans may uh... never be used, <laughs> except maybe to write a comic, and nobody does that, so. Your pick of the week, Jeff, you got one? I just love to fire you up over yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. Comic Sans, sense, it's <laughs> easy <years>. to do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. mine is uh, God is Not Dead, We the People. Just oh. released uh, this, this week. And um, you can actually watch it for free uh, if you do a trial. If you don't have Pure Flix, mm-hmm. which is like five bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I have really been enjoying it because I can get The Chosen there. Uh, and they have terrific movies, too, that are oh, family nice. friendly. Uh, but uh, God is Not Dead, We the People. Ripped from today's headlines. It is incredible. Nice movie. Uh, your family will enjoy. And you as a parent with uh, school children. Oh, that's that really cool. Yeah, I, I like the, that there are some of these uh, groups that are putting together a Netflix-like thing, yeah. mm-hmm. but you don't have to worry about the search feature. You yeah. know, <laughs> you can uh, actually right. search for things. Yep. Well, as always, the Catholic Underground is made possible by people who search for us, by viewers, listeners, prayer warriors, and benefactors like you. You can become an official undergrounder by navigating your computing device to catholicundergroundcom <laughs> donate You can also find out when we're on the air in your television market if you have a Catholic TV or Catholic Faith Network or Catholic Live Television. And you can also help us out by letting others know about us. If you like Catholic Underground, tell folks. Uh, and remember to like us, heart us, and star us on your platform of choice. And if the podcasting service lets you leave a review... Leave a review. Let people know why you like the Catholic yeah, Underground. We very much appreciate that. Our panelists this week have been, well, but one. Kathleen Lee. Tis I. <laughs> here in the studio. And Jeff is always available for, uh, well, he's always up there in the in the satellite yes. pretty much. That's round right. and round we go. That's right. right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Ed Ball is our video director for this episode. Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. Their noses to the proverbial grindstone. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I'm Father Chris Decker. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram if you want to see what I did for Inktober. You can do that at Digital Catholic is my handle. And uh, you have been listening to the Catholic Underground. We have attempted to cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We will see you next time.